Hi, I'm Heather, Certified Transformational Life Coach and Meditation Instructor. And I'm Mary Catherine, a Certified Yoga Instructor and Truth Crusader. Welcome to The Naked Truth, a podcast for women who are ready to talk transparently about living this life as authentic women. Throw in the towel when it comes to pretending, covering up, and exhausting fake fronts and learn how to be and accept you. Each week and each season, we will discuss and break down topics that are profound, challenging, and mad real when it comes to the hearts of womankind from two women who passionately accept you right where you are. Because we've lived a little and we aren't afraid to share it. We're real, we're live, and we're women. Welcome to The Naked Truth. Hello, everyone. You are listening to The Naked Truth Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. And this is Heather. This is Mary Catherine. Today, we are talking about rewiring your brain, breaking through the bad habits. This may be quite possibly one of my favorite episodes that we've done. I love this kind of information. Love it. Oh, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. Well, I'm kind of building it up for you guys because I sort of know what she's going to say. And you guys are going to want to hear it. I mean, I think you are. I'm going to go first because I think that she ends it with a a bang. So I'm going to go first. How? Yes. And I am going to, along with breaking bad habits, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to insert happiness in there as well. Because I think that um, we... Why are we involved in the bad habits? Um, because we're all striving to find happiness. And why do we want to break the bad habits? Because we want to be happier. That's when you research breaking bad habits. That's what it all comes back to. Happiness, happiness, happiness. Okay, so happiness. I actually don't like the word happy. I'm going to... I'm gonna, this, I'm going to start. WTF. Oh, just bear with me, people. And MC. Continue. We misuse the word happy. I'm not happy. I want you to be happy. You don't make me happy anymore. I just want to be happy. Those statements to me are so shallow. And they look at happiness from the perspective of pleasure. When true happiness, true happiness, people, it comes from joy, which is deep and in turn can be felt even when we're going through something difficult or exhausting or maybe even painful. And we have spent a lifetime, I feel, watering down the term happiness. And I want to make it concentrated again. So I feel like books, you know, happiness, happiness, happiness. This is, I actually try to refrain from using the word happy because it's overused, it's misused. And 
I, like I said, I want to make it concentrated versus watered down. I, I'll give you that. I mean, that would be right along the lines of the word forgiveness. Like when you mm -hmm. say to someone, I forgive you, I think we've watered that down a lot too. Sure. Because to truly forgive someone, I mean, depending on what you're forgiving them for, mm -hmm. it's a hell of a lot more than just saying the word. Mm -hmm. So I, I take back my previous yeah. WTF. Thank you for. Oh, no, 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 no. It's that's the common reaction when I have this conversation. And I do not have this conversation with many. Well, that was a very thought provoking yes. explanation uh -huh. of it all. Thank uh -huh. you. You're very welcome. Hmm. That's why I'll never, ever call myself a happiness coach. Ever. I'm a coach, but I'm a transformational life coach, a meditation instructor. Um, you know, I focus on all kinds of different things in my coaching and is happiness a part of it? Sure. But I like to view it more as joy, the real meaning or the real the meaning meat. of the word happiness. So if you look at the root of the term happiness, this is, this is Webster says, well, this is what I want it to mean and what it should mean. Um, feeling that what I do matters. I want to create meaning. And we are all on a quest, or should be, for our lives to mean something. We want to leave our mark. We want to leave a legacy. I can actually be very successful, but if I don't enjoy it, and if I don't feel grateful for it, I don't experience any of that happiness. And that sadly, is how I think most of the world is walking around. Um, we should be in the happiest time in human history right now. Well, I mean, just if you look at bigger scale, um, if you look at the external world, we have the fewest numbers of people um, dying of I'm not, we're, we're going to remove coronavirus for a moment, but like our life expectancy has gone up overall. If you look over the last, you know, several decades, fewest number of people dying of wars and conflict, yet we're not finding that it's leading to greater levels of happiness. We're actually finding that elevated rates of depression and elevated rates of suicide are, very, are quite prevalent. And what that means is that we're chasing happiness in the wrong way. The bar keeps moving. We're never satisfied. So if any of this sounds familiar to any of you, I have a, one of my favorite authors. His name is Sean Aker. Sean Aker, A-C-H-O-R. He writes a book called The Happiness Advantage. Love that book. Love that book. It will inspire you intellectually. It will make you think about happiness in a totally different way. Um, he doesn't, you know, everything that I went over, it's, that's not necessarily taken from him. That's what I have summarized from reading his work. That's how I view happiness. But he definitely has inspired and um, planted those seeds in me. But um, what I'm now, I'm now going to bring this full circle and talk about um, happiness as far as our habits. And I'm going to take a piece from his book because it's, it's simple yet so meaningful. 
he has in his book, it's called the 20 second rule. And he says that habits form because our brain actually changes in response to frequent practice. And so the 20 second rule teaches us how to replace bad habits with a good one. So let's stop for a second. 20 seconds to change a bad habit for a good one. We all got 20 seconds, right? So this is how it works. 20 second rule. Humans end up not picking happiness generating things or activity. Like example, actual hobbies that we love or exercise that we know makes us feel good and brings out positive endorphins or perhaps social bonds with people that we love. If you took your priority list, you know, all of the things that maybe places you like to go locally, people that you want to see, um, you know, family members doing things uh, with your children, spending quality time. Um, these would be on, these type of things would be on the list. Happiness generating things or activities. Because they require a non-trivial initial investment. So human humans end up not picking these things because they require a non-trivial initial investment. Plain and simple, what that means is they're harder to start. They're harder to start. So instead, humans pick activities that are low friction or easy to start. Example, watching TV. That's that need I go on. <laughs> Need I go on? But they don't generate any form of happiness or satisfaction. I'll also say scrolling Facebook, scrolling Pinterest, scrolling Instagram, looking through your phone. Honestly, does that really generate happiness or true satisfaction? Not the kind that we're looking for, folks. So to change this, to change the direction of friction, you just need 20 seconds. And he has an example in the book that I think is great. So the author placed a guitar on a stand in the center of his living room to avoid the 20 second effort of picking it up and got better at keeping his goals of playing it every day. Similarly, he took off the batteries of the remote and placed them 20 seconds away and it got easier to shun the TV. So I want you to think about that. 20, the 20 second rule, 20 seconds to make it. So if you, if you want to play the guitar, if you want to do a hobby, um, he made it, he made it easy for him to get in touch with that, to, to have it right next to him, to avoid that 20 second effort that, that, our mind convinces us that it's too much effort and he, he got better at sticking at that goal. And then the, the easy stuff, the less friction that doesn't give us that joy. It doesn't, that isn't on the priority list. He removed that from being accessible to him within a 20 second expanse. I love that. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about ways that we can rewire our brain to break habits and also be happier. First, 
Meditation rewires your brain. And before you all roll your eyes, those people who don't know much about meditation, um, just stop the eye roll. Somewhere down the line, there was this misconception created when we say the word meditation, that meditation is for yogis and um, that it consists of chanting or some sort of weird sayings and doing some voodoo spells and whatnot. And this couldn't be more further from the truth, people. Meditation is the process of quieting the mind through breathing. It's simple. You can do it anywhere. In fact, studies show that you only need to meditate for a minimum of two minutes a day to start harnessing the benefits, which include permanently rewiring your brain, folks. I had a massage therapist once tell me that it is so important when we talk about meditation. Exactly what you said. When people hear the word meditation, they think of a Buddhist monk. They think of being Mm -hmm. off in some um, India and some like, and, and that's not what it's about. And she very clearly explained to me that your mind needs to rest while it is in a conscious state. So yes, your mind rests while you are sleeping, but to be awake and to be conscious and to allow your mind that time to rest is just uber important to your overall mental health and mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Next, take more walks. Studies show that people who are more physically active experience greater feelings of excitement and enthusiasm. And I don't think that this is new news to any of us. We know it. It even shows that people have more pleasant, activated feelings on days when they're more physically active than usual. And so the best part of all this is it doesn't take much. Something as simple as taking a walk three times a week can rewire your brain for more positive. So you don't have to commit to some boot camp, you know, where you you don't. Three times a week, a walk. Um, it, It can help and it can help rewire to positive. Next, take time to write and reflect. I'm a big journaler. Journaling has proven to have many benefits for mental health. Do you, do you like journaling? I love journaling. I think I bring it up on every episode. There might be a common theme here. You do, but I love it. it and Because it fits with everything we're talking about. It truly does. And it's just one of the main go-tos. Um, it's a mental valve. It's a valve release for all your thoughts, bingo. emotions. Yeah. Bingo. A new study showed that people who took 20 minutes to write about a positive experience saw dramatic improvement in their happiness. Hmm. And again, I have said it before, you don't have to be an author and write with perfect penmanship. You can scribble, doodle, doodle, automatic write it, jot down random words. It's all for you. It's not for other people. Whatever comes to your mind. Uh, Let's see a couple more things. Do a random act of kindness five times a week. I I know we don't talk about this enough. People don't talk about this enough. And when you think of random acts of kindness, because, you know, the internet has kind of spoiled it for us, we think we have to do something like really elaborate and something that can be, you know, followed around with a video recorder. But heck no, it can be as simple as holding the door for somebody. Um, 
paying for somebody's coffee, buying a homeless person a meal. Those are some typical ones, but write a thank you note to someone, even a thank you text, thank you notes, sending them in the mail. That's powerful. But I love that. Yeah. Just little things that you can do that you can create five times a week. It rewires your brain for positive. And then the last thing I'm going to talk about is the whole concept of stop your I'll be happy when right in its tracks. So I'll be happy when I get a new job. I'll be happy when I move. I'll be happy when I find a husband or a lifelong partner. I'll be happy when I'm married. I'll be happy when I get pregnant. I'll be happy when I have kids. I'll be happy when I pay off my house. I can go on and on and on. Um, but there's the thing when you're constantly saying you'll be happy when something happens, you are never actually happy. And you're actually training your brain to think that you're not happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're ripping yourself off of happiness right now. And when you get the job promotion, you'll automatically give yourself something else to look forward to be happy. It just, it just shifts the bar, like I said before. So in other words, you are constantly waiting for something to happen to be happy and you'll always be in search of happiness. So drop it. As soon as you notice yourself saying those words or thinking those words, stop and correct your thoughts. Find a reason to be happy right now. Write it down. Be happy that you have a job and can pay your bills. Be happy that you're learning how to be single be happy that your two feet hit the ground today. Lots of people do not have that luxury. Um, so this is these are some steps for rewiring your brain for habit breaking as well as happiness. Now that you know what happiness means to me. Mary, take it away. So once again, to reiterate what I had mentioned and stated at the beginning of the podcast today, I absolutely love this topic. <laughs> there are two doctors who are also authors and public speakers that I have absolutely fallen in love with. The first of which is Dr. Caroline Leaf. Um, because this podcast is about self-improvement, I encourage all of our listeners to subscribe to Cleaning Up the Mental Mess with Dr. Caroline Leaf. She has a podcast that is absolutely phenomenal. She is the author of many books. Um, you Can Switch on Your Brain is one that I'm reading right now. And in her book, she speaks about how there, there have been actual physical studies that have proven, that have done brain scans and when you hear about the depression cloud that people have in their brain, it's an actual physical thing. And there have been studies that show that when people who are in a depressive state begin to consciously change their thought patterns, that physical cloud dissipates, it disappears. When you have negative thoughts, it affects your body, it affects your DNA, and it takes four generations for that to weed itself out, so to speak. It, th 
I, I could go on for hours about this topic. It, there is just so... Say the doctor again. Dr. Caroline Leaf. And we'll post this information on our Instagram page and our Facebook page because I I do, I'm, I'm very passionate about this. I passionately believe that your thoughts can change your life, both positive and negatively. I mean, I, it depends on how you want to use your power. Like Chandler Bing, should I use my power for good or for evil? I mean, it it is that important. Um, Dr. Caroline often states that wherever your mind goes, your brain follows. Whatever you are thinking about will grow. Whether you are thinking positive thoughts, whether you are thinking negative thoughts, that is what will grow in your brain and in your body. And what you are not changing, you are choosing. So if you are not changing the negative thoughts in your brain, you are choosing to have negative thoughts in your brain. Um, the other author and doctor that I have recently become obsessed with is Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he, once again, um, author, public speaker, and he speaks about how learning is forging new connections. Every time you learn something new, your brain physically changes. Nerve cells that fire together, wire together. And as you begin to learn new information, you biologically wire that information into your cerebral architecture. Your thoughts are that important. Your thoughts can make you sick. Your thoughts can make you well. It is all in what you choose to think. And as I was preparing for this podcast um, the other morning, I, I try to do 15 minutes of yoga stretches and some light meditation every morning. And one morning after a five mile walk <laughs> the day before, I was trying to work myself into forward fold. And it was the first stretch, it was the first pose that I was going into. And as I stretched towards the sky. I have that problem every morning. What? Getting into the forward fold. <laughs> I don't know, I just need to say that because <laughs> it sounds so, <laughs> you just sound so, so I'm so impressed. What? I'm so impressed. So yeah, you, you she's normally forward fold. I'm envisioning this. I, this is a beautiful. This is beautiful. Well, you start off in mountain pose, and you inhale, yeah. and you raise your arms towards the sky, reaching up, elongating your spine, elongating your body. And as you exhale, you bend at the hips, and you forward fold. And of course, the goal is to always either touch your toes or place. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can go into full forward fold, almost face place your palms face down in the ground. But as I was moving into forward fold this morning, I, I mean, I was T I T tight. Like I was not bending and I could not reach my toes, which is odd for me. So on the next pose, I closed my eyes. And I remember thinking to myself as I was moving into forward fold the first time with my eyes open, Oh my gosh, my back is so tight. There isn't like my toes are so far away. There ain't no way I'm touching the ground. And I couldn't. And on the next pose, I closed my eyes. And it was unbelievable the difference in flexibility that I had once my eyes were closed and my brain wasn't telling me that I couldn't touch my toes. This shit is real, people. Like it if if you understood how powerful your thoughts were in rewiring how your brain works, you would never think another negative thought 
in your entire life. And peeps, I'm here to tell you, I can talk a good game. I, I have negative thoughts just right along with the rest of you. The difference is that in educating myself on what I've read from people that do this for a living and know what they're talking about, I consciously try to work towards improving the quality of my thoughts. And that's what we're here to help you do today. So before we leave you today, we are going to give you, this is some homework. So um, unless you're in a car driving, grab a pen and a piece of paper and want you to jot these five steps down. And we'll also post these on the Facebook and Instagram pages this week, because I want all of our listeners to, if, if you can't incorporate all five in, as we've talked about before, change that lasts starts slow. It doesn't have to be all five every day, but your goal should be to end your day every day with these five steps. Number one, plan your day. Think about for tomorrow, what your most important tasks will be. As Tim Ferriss said, if you want to win your day, you have to win your morning. Think about what you want your morning routine to look like. Think about how you want your morning routine to go. And as you think about this before you fall asleep, your subconscious mind is going to dwell on this. And it will be first and foremost in your mind when you wake in the morning. Number two, review your goals. The subconscious mind works through repetition. And if you review your goals, your subconscious mind will focus on them while you sleep. Doing this every night helps your subconscious mind focus on those goals day after day. Number three, practice gratitude. We are going to talk about this more in an episode later this season, but it is so very important to practice gratitude on a daily basis because when you practice gratitude, when you stay in a constant state of being thankful for even the little things in your life, you are programming your subconscious mind to think in abundance. And that is so important. Number four, ask your subconscious mind for the answers. Thomas Edison once said, never go to sleep without a request for your subconscious mind. I know that we've all had nights where we have fallen asleep thinking about something and you might wake up in the middle of the night, you might wake up the next morning and the answer is right there. Your subconscious mind will work on these things while you sleep and the answer will come to you in the morning. And the fifth step, and when I say this, I don't wanna lose anybody because some people might think that this is far out, but it's not. The fifth step is hypnotherapy. And hypnotherapy is not something that you have to go to a licensed hypnotherapist. It's not some old guy wearing a spectacle, dangling a pocket watch in front of your face. Hypnotherapy is just changing the way your brain works and tapping into certain brain waves. And that can be as simple as repetitive thoughts. Um, one, one option that 
I have used in the past is to use an app. So wearing, if, if you have someone that you sleep with and you don't want to wake them up, um, using headphones, if you sleep alone, just having your phone by your bed at night. But the Think Up app is one that I have used. And what's so special about this app is it gives you a bunch of positive affirmations that are already pre-written. You can use your own, but you either recite your own affirmation into your phone or speak the ones that are given to you. And what you can do is set your phone timer by using this app and you can listen to those positive affirmations while you fall asleep. So not only is your subconscious mind listening to positive affirmations, but your subconscious mind is going to be listening to your voice speaking those positive affirmations out loud. And I'm here to tell you, it's a game changer. Those are excellent. I love them. And I hope you all had, I always remind you to get your pen and paper out so that you can take some notes so that you can apply these great tips um, after listening to us. But you may have to re-listen to that because that is, that is extraordinary. When she was preparing for this and I was hearing about everything she was going, this is good stuff, people, and this will change your life. There, there are so many books. Um, and if I can remember, I will go through and make a list. And our the Facebook and Instagram page is going to be pretty full this week. Um, there are so many books on the power of your subconscious mind. And I know, I know a lot of people think that it's just a bunch of hooey, but it is not. It is so extremely powerful and so extremely true. All of this is. And I really hope that our listeners out there, like I said, even to do all five when you're not used to doing practices like this, I know it's a lot to bite off all at once. So just maybe start incorporating some small changes into your daily routine. And we'd love to hear if you've had success, um, any positive changes that you see come about in your life as a result of these changes. We'd love to hear about it. Absolutely. Drop us a line. You can do it privately through the comments, through either the Instagram page or the Facebook page, or feel free to post publicly to the Facebook page. We would love to hear from you. We'd like to get that started. Yes. So we are going to conclude and we will see you next week um, where we will bring you more mental health topics with our season two. We're real. We're live. And we're women. Thank, Thank you for listening to The Naked Truth. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for new episode notifications, as well as updates and random pieces of positivity to brighten your day. That's the Naked Truth Podcast on Facebook and at the Naked Truth Pod on Instagram. And shout out to Ewart Williams for our epic theme song and Michaela Shope for our top-notch cover art. <laughs>